What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This episode of The Huddle is brought to you by The Athletic Club Oakland, my go-to sports bar in the East Bay. Look, this will be a shock to no one. I love watching sports, and I love it even more while at a sports bar. But to be honest, there is a long period of time where I just couldn't find one I actually liked. I'd find a spot that had TVs, but the food sucked ass, or a place that had good food, but they wouldn't show the game I wanted, and the inside felt dark and depressing. It was always some trade-off or sacrifice, and that's finally done now. The ACO is exactly what I'm looking for without sacrifice. They have a huge space, including an outdoor spot where they shut down an entire street and called it the town gardens. They have more than 100 televisions, which can and will show every game you ask for, and they have great food. The ACO has everything you need to comfortably watch your favorite team in any sport at any time with passionate fans. I love it, and I'm pretty damn sure you will too. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans get everything they want every day they want it. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors Huddle with me, Bram, with you per usual, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And our master of all things sound and video, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, a quick admission right up front here. So we've been doing this YouTube channel, I don't know, for a month now. We've been doing the fucking podcast for uh, since the beginning of time, from what I can tell. And I still get nervous before this thing starts. And the like countdown on the video, I, I play it cool from 60 to 30. And then from 30 to like 10, my butthole gets more and more clinched. So is what it is. Uh, how are you guys? How was the holiday? It's good. It's good. Got a couple of dubs victories along the way. So all is well. <laughs> We got big warrior things to talk about. I'll ask you one personal thing before we get there. Um, and I'll just make it an admission. You tell me if you can associate with it. So we've been doing this long enough now where family and friends know that we do the podcast. And so when I go to like family functions, especially, but sometimes when I see friends I haven't seen for a while, I feel this weird pressure to come off as the Warriors authority. Like someone will bring something up, you know, like why aren't the Warriors playing that well or like a trade, anything. And it might not even be to me. They might be talking to like somebody else and I'll feel this, like this weirdo pressure where I got to go in and not only have a take, but have a take that makes them be like, Oh, like Bram knows what the hell he's talking about. Am, Am I just, is that a neurosis that I'm bringing to the table or do you boys share that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> go ahead maxine no i was just gonna say I, I actually like i had the exact same experience and uh it was it was a thing like i was all cool we were just talking hoop no worries and with a guy that i hadn't met before because a family member bought a friend uh he was clearly a basketball fan actually cool story he's uh he's in college right now but he played for austria in the under 19 league and he like he's played against Kaminga. Um, he's played against Chet Holmgren. It was just sort of like, he was like, oh yeah, those guys are way better than me. <laughs> There's a reason I'm not playing. Uh, in any case, it was nice at first because it was just like, we can talk hoop. I, I don't need to fill awkward silences. I can just sort of talk basketball ad nauseum. And then somebody said, oh yeah, and Maxime has a podcast. And then it's suddenly like the whole dynamic switched. And he expected me to have takes. It's like, I could feel this energy. It was like, ah, no, I, I was having a nice time. Yeah. I'm the same way. If it's it's a weird pressure. It's not just you, Bram. When people find out I'm on a podcast about the Warriors, they expect like inside information. Like we're there with CJ and Connor, and you know, like we sit next to Steph in the locker room. Like I don't know all the, you know, like I don't. I read most of the same stuff you do. We just talk about it on the podcast. I intimate I do know that inside shit and I don't at all. <laughs> like I've been hearing and then the next thing that follows is whatever I've read from CJ that morning. Like there's not, there's nothing inside. And I'm even crazier than that. I was talking to my uncle who I've loved my entire life. He's been a warrior's authority my entire life. And I gave him some Kaminga stat. I don't even remember what the hell it was, but it was off. And he called me out super politely. You know, it was like how many years he'd been playing or something. And I fucked that up. And the second he corrected me internally, I hated my uncle. Like I really did. Like I avoided him for the next 20 minutes. It is what it is, dude. I'm a sick bastard. Boys, let's talk Warriors basketball and let's start with our glass half full. Um, you guys know the drill here. We are looking back at the uh, recent Warriors hoop and giving us something we like or don't like. I'm going to pause here just so I can really enjoy that background music. Let's go. All right. So. Um, lots of things to like. The Warriors have won five of six, so there's a lot of upsides that are sticking out. I love that the assists are back. I looked this up. Uh, in the last eight games, they've had 30 assists seven times. Also, by look this up, that means I read CJ's article this morning. So there you go, Uncle. I know what the hell I'm talking about. But that, the you know, sharing the ball, the strength and numbers thing was like one of the go-to stats you could look up to see if the Warriors were not only winning but winning in the way that built that dynasty. So that's back. Um, I liked how the Warriors has successfully changed Clay's mentality. So I gave that kind of convoluted book report analogy the last time we talked about this. And we talked about the difference between looking for shots that were good for Clay and looking for shots that were good for the team. And Clay has, has completely flipped over. It's all good shots for the team. And I'm not the only guy who's noticing that. Here's something from uh, Coach Kerr. Quote, that's really key for us when he is just playing under control, taking the shots when they're there and when they're not. It just kind of sets the table for us. It's a great display of patience and then shot making when we really need it. Um, and I also like that JK is starting to find his role. But again, don't listen to me. We actually pulled a quote from Draymond on this. Maxime, if you got it, let's play it here. Now, after last game, you kind of talked about how these young guys, uh, Jonathan, Moses, um, you know, James, they need to learn their roles and thrive in their bench minutes on a championship team. I think one can make an argument that John Kaminga has put together one of his better two-game stretches you know, that we've seen all season. What have you seen from him? I think it's been beautiful. And um, the reason being is you felt the impact. I know we've 100% felt and seen the impact. And the reality is what it boils down to um, is energy, effort, and attention to detail when you're a young guy. Uh, 
he's he's impacted these last two games in a major way without shooting the basketball. Now, tonight he got a few shots up. Um, coach drew the playoff for him out of timeout. He executed it successfully, um, which, which is another thing that I don't think uh, should just be breezed over. Um, that's a 19-year-old, if I'm not mistaken, 19 or 20 years old, whichever one he is. And out of timeout discipline is something that young guys struggle with. It's something that I watched him struggle with early, you know, in first beginning of his career. It's how to execute a play out of a timeout. He executing not only that play for him to score, but he's executing all the plays out of timeouts. And so it's those small things uh, that you have to get better at. And I think it's such a beautiful thing that over the last couple of games, he's he's affecting the game without scoring. And, you know, when you can do that, that's that's a special thing and he has the ability to do that and he's now starting to understand it and it's been beautiful to watch and you know he's earning more and more minutes we also talked about last game Let me I give guess you just a, the- one more thing i like because i know we're going to drill down into jk in a second here but the thing i like the most about this week came from last night's win over minnesota and it wasn't just the win the win was great first quarter 47 points i mean all the things you want to see but what i liked was the end of it and it was the second tech yeah so draymond gets a technical towards the end of the game last night. Um, and I don't think he was trying to be histrionic. I think he really liked a play that Jordan Poole made towards the end and celebrated on the sideline, and it drew a tag. But the thing that I enjoyed wasn't that technical. Um, and if we've got that video, Maxine, let's, let's throw it up. What I liked is that after that tech, Steph got up, celebrated the shit out of a Dante DiVincenzo three that he didn't care a whole lot about. And the only reason that Steph did that was to kind of underline and support Draymond Green, dude. And just the, you know, one, any kind of team support I love. But two, with the questions we've been having about what's the locker room look like right now? Is there a division between Steph and Trey or Draymond and the rest of the team? The idea that Steph would go out of his way, and we're watching that right now, to get attacked just to support Draymond, I love, man. And honestly, I think it might be the most important thing that's happened since the last time we recorded. Boys, what do you guys got? Yeah, I love those two. Um, love Steph, you know, sticking up for Draymond in that. I, I'm going to call out another part of that um, press conference that Draymond had where he they asked him about the rookies and and kind of their learning curve. And I thought what he said was, was impactful and shouldn't be missed. Um, Basically, he was saying, you know, we have Wiseman, a number two pick, Kaminga, number seven, Moody, 14. And those guys are being asked to come in and execute on a championship level team, whereas a lot of the other players in their classes are getting minutes and, you know, averaging 20 plus points a game, et cetera. But they're doing it on bad teams or teams that aren't, you know, in contention for a title. So it's different. We're 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 holding our players accountable to these standards of why they're not scoring and assisting and having the impact as these other players in their classes who are drafted around them or after them when they're in completely different situations. And, you know, we've talked about that before, but I thought the way that Draymond phrased it um, really hit home because it kind of put words to what we had been feeling and dancing around. And he just articulated it really well that, you know, this is still a learning curve. We're, you know, a week or two ago, we're ready to trade, you know, all three of them just to get somebody in for the veteran presence. And, you know, while that's still, you know, on the table, obviously, you always want to make your team better. We have to 
make sure that we don't get caught up in it too and exercise the patience and realize that these are 19 and 20 year old, you know, kids who are learning the game of basketball in a situation where they're with, you know, dynastic players and once in generation players and the best backcourt ever to, sh to play. So when you do that, you know, like there's going to be some growing pains and less opportunities for them to be who they are compared to their counterparts that they were drafted with. I think you used the phrase finished product, right? You look at Steph, you see a finished product. You look at me, you look at Clay, you see a finished product. And that tends to uh, hire the expectations for JK, for JP, for Wiseman, who are not finished products. Um, I'll put an exclamation point on that because it is something else you helped me realize I really like from the last week. I like quotes from I'd like to be appreciated to Draymond. You know, up until this year, when Draymond spoke to reporters and to everybody else, it wasn't I'd like to be appreciated. It was, I know this game better than you, and I don't need to fucking explain it to you. You know, like, if you get it, you do. If you don't, you don't. I don't care. And that's flipped. You know, this year, I've getting the feeling, I don't know this, but you get the feeling that he wants to be appreciated. You know, maybe it has to do with the bunch. Maybe it doesn't. But the quotes he's giving now is, I understand this game better than you. Let me help you see what I see, which is a totally different thing. And as someone is too stupid to fucking see, like understand what I'm watching, I really appreciate Draymond's assistance through it. Maxine, what do you got? It's really fascinating. It makes me think back to the conversation we had with Guru, um, where you know I, I talked briefly about how the Warriors have these identities of strength and numbers of the Splash Brothers and Draymond being the heart of the team, and those things have gotten really shaken up, and we've sort of lost sight of them at the beginning of this season. I feel like we're finding a new version of them, you know, and maybe it's a testament to to Steve Kerr, and we we know that he has a certain way of um, being a, a player's coach. In a, in a unique way, right, that maybe has more success than a Steve Nash, for example. And it's, it's exciting to see Draymond evolve how he behaves in the team, as if there's an opportunity for us to find sort of new dimensions to strength of the numbers, right, and the Splash Brothers uh, that might actually help us evolve as a team to the point where, you know, nobody wants the punch to have gotten out in the open. Nobody wants um, that to have caused Jordan Poole to have a month-long slump, if that's what he's hopefully coming out of now. But you can see this opportunity for this yeah. team to grow in a way that actually has me pretty excited. And that's the type of thing that gives you the ability to actually make it to another championship because you're not the same squad. You get to do something different. You're not just burnt out. Oh, we have to do this again um, and try to find the fire where it doesn't exist anymore. You light a new fire. That's exactly right. Uh, last two things I'll give you boys that I liked. One, you get a sense now, so I've used this line a million times, but you look at sports movies and it's never about the favorite. We're never rooting for Drago. You know, it's always like the group of misfits who have no chance. We are seeing right now why these wins feel so much better. You know, now that when they lost in the beginning of the season, now that they're looking good, as they look good, it's so much more satisfying. You know, it's like eating shit before eating ice cream. Like suddenly it's, you just appreciate it way more. And here's a random ass hater thing to like, but it's what I specialize in. Before, let me remind you guys. So Austin Rivers, uh, son of Doc Rivers, has, let's call a uh, antagonistic relationship with the Golden State Warriors. He's gotten his ass kicked by them multiple times in multiple places. And I don't know if this was last year or two years ago, but the frustration level just reached like an all-time high for Austin Rivers. And he took to Instagram and he dropped this quote. Maxime, let's, uh, let's hear that here. Yeah, Golden State definitely looks very solid right now. I hate to see it. I don't like it at one bit. I'm tired of that fucking team. 
Okay, so you can only imagine okay. how frustrated, okay. <laughs> how frustrated you'd have to be to actually admit that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he said that a million times, but to throw that into the universe, it must have just reached one of the ugliest things. All right, so here's what I like. I imagine that Austin Rivers has been waiting, has circled the calendar to play the Warriors this year. Because they look shitty. They're sub-500. They're not the team that, that you know, he had been dominating him all the way through. And so I'm sure he's been counting down the hours to like, oh, we're about to go finally beat their ass. Well, guess which team he plays for, boys? The fucking Minnesota Timberwolves, who just got their ass beat, who came out and took a 47-point uh, first quarter. And I just loved that Austin Rivers, I mean, I don't know if he was actually counting down the seconds, but I feel pretty solid about that prediction. I love that he had to eat that. Um, it's just, it's incredibly entertaining to me. And what's also is the icing on the cake is that his sister is married to Seth Curry, so he's just not escaping that anytime soon. So he's a, he's in the family. He, he's he's tired of that team, but he's also he's gonna have to get used to that family for a while. You think that he was hell of upset having to go to Thanksgiving? You know, like <laughs> just like knowing, like ah, like how many Currys are gonna be there, man? If I was Steph and I became aware of that Instagram thing, I would wear all four of my rings to every single family function, just every time, and I'd force the handshake with Austin, like, oh, sorry, yeah. that's awkward, man. It's is, weird. Is you Austin rings. Okay, Austin's going. Okay, cool. Let me, you don't even win them in high school, Austin. You don't have any. That's weird, man. That's hella weird, but uh, it is what it is. Boys, let's talk Golden Questions, which sparks my second favorite song. As you gentlemen know, Golden Questions are mailbag, um, and we've got a couple that I am fired up for. Here's the first, and is basically the title of this podcast. Quote, the Warriors are not only winning again, they are sharing the ball the way they did when building the dynasty and getting celebration texts. Do you boys agree that all problems have been solved in Golden State and the Warriors are officially back? MT, you've kind of been our optimistic voice through a dark portion of this season. What do you think, man? They've won five of six. Clay Thompson looks like Clay Thompson. Are the Warriors officially back, in your opinion? Um, no, but I think we're close. I think what's happening is you're starting to see the new pieces and the old pieces and new roles start to settle into those roles. So Dante, Dante DiVincenzo getting back healthy and putting into the role, like he he has to adjust to what type of player he is with this team. Javante Green, same thing. Um, so I, I think we're playing better. Um, you know, I was always on the bandwagon of let Clay be Clay. He always starts off terribly and he's, he's going to shoot his way out of it. And now he's at 40% three, uh, from three pointers um, for the season. So, um, but I think it's, you know, we, we've got on a bit of a hot streak. Um, I don't know if we're all the way back yet because we still are what, two and nine on the road. So, you know, we need to balance that out a little bit before we start singing celebration songs and planning parades. But um, I think the identity to Maxime's earlier point is, you know, starting to come around a little bit. People are starting to figure out, okay, I'm only going to get 12, 13 minutes in this role. And my role is to do this. If I do that, we win. And then that opens up the opportunities for me. And it's, it's something that, you know, you have to humble yourself a little bit as a professional athlete. You're really, 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 really good at basketball to be in the NBA and to come into a new warrior system that is built around get Steph the shot. And if Steph doesn't have it, then Clay and then Andrew Wiggins. Um, you know, it, you have to take a back seat. So 
I think we're finding our identity and we're getting close to being back, but we haven't quite hit there yet. Here's an even more important question than the one I just asked you. Have you ever actually sang a celebration song? Oh, yeah. Huh? Happy birthday. Oh, oh, there you go. So like when the Warriors are doing really well, you find yourself just singing happy birthday left and right. Exactly. So for those of you wondering if we should be singing happy birthday today, the answer is definitively <laughs> no. I gotcha. Gotcha. Maxine, what do you think? The Warriors back? Uh, I, I, I agree generally with MT. I think it's a little bit too early to tell. You don't want to judge a team on their worst days or on their best days. And, you know, I think right now we're we're in the middle of a seesaw that has yet to balance itself out. I will say, Clay, it feels like that's the type of thing that we might that he might be back. He might have started to get his legs under him. This might be more of a permanent thing. Starting to see more of Jordan Poole's shots start to fall. A little bit more of anchoring with Draymond in the second unit, allowing him to kind of you know work within an offense that makes more sense. That might be something where he's back. That's possible. It's this fringe pieces, right? It's how does Dante DiVincenzo fit into these lineups? That's important. That's going to take time. Same thing for Jermichael Green. He's still not all the way what I was hoping that he would be. And then I think sort of the elephant in the room is James Wiseman right? Where he's down in the G League. How long is he going to be down in the G League? If he comes back onto the squad, how does that disrupt these rotations? We need to be able to get him minutes. We're worried about him being able to, you know, live up to the second pick. Of course, Lakeup is trying to push Kerr, as we know, to get him more into these lineups uh, because he's our number two pick. But that definitely causes some concern, right? So looking good, but I think there's some things on the horizon that uh, might cause more turbulence. You guys talk me out of it. In fact, Maxime, go ahead and cancel the background music. I don't want to sing my celebration song anymore. I'm going to hold back on that. Um, here's how I'd answer that. So I'm going to change the question a little bit, just rephrase the question so that I can answer it. Um, have all problems been solved in Golden State? No, not all problems. You know, Now, when we were talking about this team for the first few weeks, the problems we were really focusing on aren't the ones that kept them from being a title favorite. They were the ones that were keeping them from being a sub-fucking-500 team. Have those problems been solved? Yes, conclusively, no question. JP and Clay are starting to round into the exact roles that we wanted them to see. Um, it seems like the locker room problems, if not solved, are certainly on their way. That's what I loved about that Steph uh, you know, the technical, you, you wouldn't do that for somebody who is kind of on the outside looking in. So it certainly looks like Draymond is right back in the fold and those much larger problems that were impacting the team are gone. The problems keeping them from being probable title contenders again, also probably gone. We look okay, but the problems that are stopping them from being title favorites or from occupying the success we thought they would have when the season first started, namely who can give us 20 minutes outside of the starting five still there, you know? So like the, the starting five has been unbelievable. I think I read an article today that said they are plus 125 as a group and the next highest group is plus 66. That's out of the entire NBA. You know, so they are doing phenomenally well, but look at their record. That means the other five, the other combinations, they still don't have. Now, there's a reason I picked that JK quote from Draymond. We're working towards it. You know, people are figuring out the system a little bit, but if my life depended on right now telling you, okay, who's the first sub that we can absolutely count on outside of JP in a, in a playoff game? I don't know the answer to that, you know, and that that's, we've got a lot of time. There's a lot of games, but the idea of, are there any questions remaining? Well, yeah, there, there are, um, but let's do this optimistically. Even though there's questions remaining, we just watched the Warriors calmly use time to answer the other stuff. So I'm sure that they'll figure this out. I'm sure. 
Um, but there's, you know, we, we still got to see. And in fact, we got to reach out to uh, Eric of Reddit and get some Wiseman updates in Santa Cruz. Because I'm embarrassed to admit, I haven't really been watching him down there and would love some upsides. Uh, MC, if you had to guess, this isn't even prediction. We'll just call it a guess. Uh, if you had to put money in one of the stocks of the young players, who do you think is going to give us that 20-minute spot in the playoffs? And this is just now. You know, this is the end of November. We'll be revisiting this as the season goes on. Yeah, close your ears, Maddie Stats. Um, I'm going to go Moses Moody. <clears throat> Do you agree, Maxine? Yeah, that's that's the most that's the most reasonable, right? That's like the lowest floor situation, highest ceiling. Best case scenario, I think would be Kaminga. Yeah, I mean the fact that neither of us are saying Jamichael or Dante is is you know faint praise or or damning by lack of praise, but I think I agree with you guys. All right, here's our second golden question and the last one of the day, but probably the one I've been looking the most forward to. Quote. Uh, After watching Steph take a bullet for Draymond, I thought of you boys. Have any of you ever stepped up and taken the blame for somebody else? So don't answer me. Let's do a judgment theater, boys. Start with me. Have there ever been a situation where I stepped up and took some heat so that other people wouldn't get uh, screwed over? What do you think? No. (laughs) No, I feel like you're in a situation where even if you didn't have to, you'd probably screw some people over to get out of uh, having to take any sort of blame. Marcus? I think you have, but only for your daughter or your sisters. I think it's that, it's got to yeah. be really close family members. Um, otherwise, no, you didn't take it. And, and even Erica, you were questioning if you should step up and take that bullet. <laughs> In a surprise answer, fuck you both. Yes, I have. Who would have saw that coming? I am a terrible person on this show, but apparently not universally. Well, even in this story, I'm kind of a terrible person. So I've mentioned it before. My first car accident came before I had a license. Um, I was driving. I argue about this with my parents. I was either 14 or 15 years old, crashed the car. And when I did, it wasn't empty. I had some friends in that fucking car with me. In fact, I'll go so far as to blame the friends. There was a there's a guy sitting in the passenger seat screwing with the radio and kept putting it in between stations that worked. And I got angry, looked down, and while looking down, memo to people who are driving without licenses, always keep your eye on the road. I ran over an island and popped all four tires, the front two on the way up, the back two on the, uh, on the way down. And so now I'm screwed. And we're in a very public place. We're up by Merritt College in Oakland. And a cop, not so shockingly, drives by and sees uh, everybody in there. And, and the people in my car had just gotten out of the car. And so the cop first comes to them, then comes to me and asks, was anyone else in the car? Because they had, I, I imagine, said no. And I said, no. I said, it was just me. There was nothing else. There's no other reason. Um, and in fact, I skipped the part that gives me the most credit. After we crashed and before the cops came, I looked back and said, everybody get out. I'll take this bullet. It was on me. Um, now, they weren't driving and it was my decision. So really, it was my blame to uh, to suffer. But hey, yeah, you know, I took the bullet. I didn't let anybody else take it. So as a shocking surprise in this one, I am not the worst person imaginable. Uh, let's go to MT. What do I think about you, Marcus? I say yes. I think you have done it, but it's not going to be like a big thing. It wasn't like the cops or something like that. It'll be like 
an assignment in school. You're like a group project and you ended up doing more than what you had to do. You know, like you presented longer because the other person wasn't ready for it. That's my guess. Wow. I don't even, I mean, I, I actually think it's even, I, I just think Marcus is the type of person that would step up and take a punch for somebody else. You know, I think it's going to be across a, a lot of different environments. Can we juxtapose that with the answer you gave for me? I don't even think you do it for your fucking fuck kids. Hey, <laughs> like, yeah. oh my God, dude. It's like the worst, just the worst. Know that if you were in that car, Maxime, I would have let the cops fucking take you. Like, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I, I heard that. What's the answer? Well, MT? The answer, I have done it and it wasn't just for a presentation. It was just shocking. <laughs> um, but yeah, it hasn't been too many too many instances where I've needed to, but um, the one that's coming to mind was we were um, high school playing a, a big game and um, a couple of two players, star players, um, were in trouble for taking some stuff that wasn't theirs from somebody. Um, we all knew that they did it and our coach comes in, we're undefeated at the time. And, you know, there's a lot of buzz around us. So, you know, it's a big game. We don't want to lose. He comes into the locker room and says, these two players can't play. You know, they were caught stealing. If you guys admit it right now, then, you know, like you'll sit only the first half. If you don't admit it, then you're sitting the whole game. And we all looked at each other and we kind of knew it was a big game. And I just told them, I told the coach, I said, it wasn't them. I know they didn't do it. I talked to them about it. Um, we know who stole it and like kind of made up a whole story of why it wasn't them. I didn't take the bullet and say like I stole it because that wouldn't have been believable. But, um, you know, we stood up and said, you know, I basically said if they sit the first half then I sit the first half too. And I went and sat <laughs> on the side with them and made it a whole thing. It, it turned into kind of us versus the coach at that point. And he gave in and we all played. <clears throat> How's your arm, dude? Because I haven't seen anybody pat themselves on their back that successfully. Holy shit. This fool entered into, I didn't even, I didn't take the bullet because no one would have believed that I'd do something bad. I I mean, I think that that's an appropriate answer, but I'm not sure. Maxime, help me. You're apparently MT's biggest fan. Did that like match what your expectations were or did you not really answer Look, the question? I went on a journey because at first I was there with you, but then at the end he kind of did. He was like, oh, I'm sitting, I'm sitting yeah. on the bench too, so. I it think a it's surprise. a redemption story in the end. It was, it was, that was at the, we probably should have started with that portion. At first it felt <laughs> like he just did that to make sure that the team would win, which was not for him and he didn't take a bullet, but I, you know, we'll let the audience decide. That's what it's for. That leads to Maxime. I think we, I was going to say, yeah, I definitely think so. I'm on the opposite side. No, fuck you, Maxime. I say he's never stepped up for anybody. He would, if his wife was going to jail, he wouldn't help her. He just immediately let her go. I'm all the way out of Maxime. Now I say, no. I'm all the way in. Take me on a journey, Maxine. You've got multiple journeys to take us on. Shocking. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'm. I would like to say that I have, but I don't really. I actually don't think I have. So here we go. You know, I look. I, I. It comes down to like a fear of authority. Like my dad was kind of a hard ass, and I did not want to get in trouble. And that was by far the most frightening thing that I could think of. So yeah, I think I would just throw anybody under the bus to not have to deal with him. This has really been like a surprise answer for all three of us. Someone's going to send in footage of me at the court case, ultimately talking to everybody else like, nope, blame them. It's 100 percent them. Uh, gentlemen, I'm going to keep a promise and I'm going to end us here at 30 minutes. Like I said, we'd be in and out quickly. So 
We really appreciate everybody joining us today. You want to reach out to us, let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. You can shoot that email to huddle at warriorshuddle.com. If you want to follow us on social media, we're only at one place. That's Twitter. That's at Warriors Huddle. Um, and with that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. Good, good. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.